Welcome, my name is Lorenzo Valdivia and I'd like to welcome you to Force Multiplier for Law Enforcement. Give you a little bit of introduction about myself. I am a uh, law enforcement officer, a current active commission, and I've been in law enforcement since about 2008. Uh, training has been a passion of mine since I came into law enforcement, um, even prior to coming into law enforcement. I've been a defensive tactics instructor since about 2013, where I started teaching uh, law enforcement police officers to defend themselves, to protect themselves, and to be able to go home at the end of the day, minimizing risk to subject and to self. In talking with another good friend of mine who was also in the defensive tactics community, uh, we started discussing about law enforcement being out there and not training, the, the level of training, the lack of training that is out there in the law enforcement community. And through discussions, you know, we just, we kind of brought up the idea of, you know, man, wouldn't it be awesome if people could hear discussions that we have, if we could talk to police officers, if we could talk to chiefs and sheriffs and, and heads of departments and training and find a way to get these individuals out there and train to change mindsets, to make police officers safer, to bring them to a place where they put training and especially options that can bring them and others home at the end of the day to the forefront of what they do. And that's kind of how we came about and came today to what is now going to be uh, my podcast, Force Multiplier for Law Enforcement, where we're going to do just that. We are going to discuss factors that give police officers the ability to accomplish greater feats than they would without them. With topics such as defensive tactics, firearms, less lethals, physical fitness, these things that a police officer has and has the ability to go to and train with, but we see a lot of them not doing so. I came into the defensive tactics community um, back in 2013. Um, prior to, while I was going through my, my first police academy, I was introduced to this gentleman named Wally Bunt. Um, he was my real first defensive tactics trainer. Uh, Wally Bunt was a uh, former Marine. He served in the Marine Corps, served during Vietnam. Uh, upon getting out of the Marine Corps, uh, he went into law enforcement and ultimately retired as a captain with the St. Louis Police Department. During this time, uh, while I trained with Wally, uh, it's kind of where my fire and my passion really started to grow. And out of this training that I got, you know, I realized, man, we can do so much as police officers with our hands, with the tools that were given to us. So once I left my police academy, I, I continued on my training and I had the... Uh, honor and privilege of 
coming back to that same place where I initially started my law enforcement training and I was able to train others going into law enforcement and lo and behold Wally Bunt was still there teaching defensive tactics to law enforcement so I kind of went under his wing uh, he kind of pulled me up and you know I, I got to train with him um, from 2013 um, until he retired I was able to train with uh, Wally and and we were able to uh, discuss a lot um, and this is where my my training uh, really came into play anytime you would meet Wally he would he'd always have something new to show you something new to train you he was always always improving himself uh, Wally probably uh, won't like the fact that I, I put this out there but uh, Wally was an older gentleman um, well into his 60s early 70s and you would never guess that that was his age I mean he, he was just passionate about training and, and I absorbed that same passion from him of training law enforcement um, always wanting to learn, always wanting to make myself better. Um, sadly, uh, we lost Wally a few years ago, and I made a a determination and a purpose that I will honor him um, and continue his legacy of training law enforcement, continue that passion he had. And this is just one of the ways that I've been able to fulfill that. I am currently a defensive tactics instructor at the police academy that I teach at. Uh, taking over as uh, one of the lead instructors uh, where we train law enforcement. Uh, it is just, it, it's something that is amazing, something that I'm passionate about. Um, to see a police officer come in who has never trained, um, who has never been into a physical altercation and be able to, after a period of, of over 40 hours, be able to defend themselves, control somebody, and minimize that risk. Incorporating into that less lethal tools, the physical fitness abilities, the uh, firearms, um, and, and ultimately being able to control and affect an arrest on a subject when it was required. Why force multiplier? Force multiplier for me is, is something that police officers use. It's something they need. And it is something that as a law enforcement officer, we can take something and give us something else that allows us to accomplish a greater mission, a greater feat than we would without that tool. Um, we always hear the saying that, you know, two people are better than one, three people are better than two, and four are better than three, uh, especially when this comes into um, dealing with a combative subject. Well, if I can take that same mentality, utilizing tools on my tool belt, utilizing training, incorporating physical fitness, firearms, and less lethal, 
I, as a single person, as a single police officer, can train to multiply my force when I'm out there to be able to affect arrest, control, and cooperation with somebody who, in other ways, may not want to tr- follow directions, um, may not want to abide by those lawful commands that I give them. That is where the force multiplier comes from. That is where law enforcement can better themselves, departments, um, lack of training. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot, um, especially this day and age where police departments are under attack. Um, we, we see these defund movements going on. We, we see these um, areas where people don't understand what it is that a law enforcement officer goes through. Training is one of those things that is so easily and quickly overlooked, but is one of the most important things that we must train as law enforcement officers. You know, looking into the the defensive tactics side of this, the average police officer in America receives two to four hours of training annually as mandated by their department. Now let's look at this. As a police officer, you're always encountering subjects. And in one way or another, it is always a physical altercation. Whether we are putting somebody in handcuffs, whether we are trying to move somebody from sa- to save a life, whether we are uh, in that physical altercation with a subject, um, or in those those life-defining moments where we have to make choices that the average citizen doesn't. Yet, that is one of the areas that police officers are least trained in by their departments. So how do we change this? How do we get this out to police officers, to departments, to to change a mindset and allow and and convince and, and get officers to get out there and train? What's through events like this, right? We talk about it. We, we discuss those things that people don't want to talk about. We hear stories about police officers that through their training, they have been able to accomplish things that, that maybe they haven't before. You know, one of the stories that I, I always go to and I share with my, my students at the police academy is of a police officer named Christian Christian Richmond. Uh, Christian Richmond was a West Virginia sheriff's deputy, and uh, a few years ago, she was man. She was in the fight for her life. A story from that, that she shared 
And uh, I'm going to read this because I I think it's very important. And it kind of sets the tone um, of where we're going and why we want to do this. Um, So as she wrote, this will probably be one of the rawest posts I'll write. It's not for the glory or any of that. I debated posting anything. But in doing so, my hope is that it serves as a quick, swift kick in the butt to a lot of cops. Early this morning, I find myself in a full-out fight with a 5'11", 195-pound collegiate male athlete who was gooned up on some unknown drug. I'm assuming some sort of anesthetic. It was me and him for about five minutes. During a set altercation, my glasses were shattered and knocked off my face. None of my radio transmissions got out, and a ton of my equipment was stripped off my vest and duty belt. I managed to stay in the fight and maintain some type of control despite exchanging punches and knees with the subject. I secured one of my subject's hands in cuffs and maintained that grip throughout a majority of my fight. I also released my canine partner and she did exactly what she was trained to do. However, all the canine bites, punches, knees, and baton strikes did not deter this guy. He wasn't there. The drugs had consumed every part of him. After about five minutes of fighting, my partner finally found us due to a lack of calms. And after several more minutes of fighting, we were able to secure him in cuffs, ending the fight. The following saying comes to mind. Sometimes I had a bad day means that I almost didn't make it home. While fighting this guy, he reached for my duty weapon. Given the circumstances, full details are not being disclosed at this point. But deadly force was warranted and probably getting close to my last resort. Thankfully, it didn't come to that point. I think a majority of this credit goes to my training outside of work. I've been beaten to hell and back in training, so I knew exactly how to react and fight through being repeatedly struck in the face, in the head. I didn't freak out. I knew it was okay, and I was still in the fight. This post isn't to be all bravado. I got my ass kicked this morning. There is no doubt about it. But I also gave it right back. Another huge reason it ended the way it did was due to my partners, all three of them. My guys found me and my canine engaged. If it wasn't for them intervening when they did, the outcome probably would have been much worse. I am so thankful for them. They're literally the best partners I could ask for. One of them apologized because I was in a fight for so long, which was obviously not his fault at all. My sergeant was also injured. He left his hospital room to come to mine and said, I'm probably not supposed to leave my room, but F it. He leaned over to my bed and gave me a hug and said, I love you, K. Rich. I trust them fully, and I know that I never have to worry about them coming. The purpose of this post is twofold. It's threefold. First and foremost, I implore you to train. I thank God I do. You don't want to be in a fight for your life wishing you had done more to prepare for that exact moment. Second, bond with your partners. They're your family 
and when you find yourselves in a dark corner at 3 a.m. praying for backup, they're the ones that are going to come running. Last but not least, this is for the families and the friends and the credit critics. After hours in the hospital, being treated for a broken nose, a fractured sinus, and some other minor bumps and lacerations to my hands, face, and head, I went home. I took my bloody uniform, duty belt, and gear inside with me and dropped it on the floor. I took my tired canine partner to her crate so she could get some much-deserved rest. I went upstairs undressed, turned on the hot water in the shower, stepped in, and washed his and my blood off my body. I watched it circle the drain, not knowing whose exactly it was. Not a lot of people know what it's like to do that. No, we don't get into fights like this every day, but they do happen, along with situations that are far worse. Please take a few moments to consider everything that we go through before jumping to conclusions based off of slanted media and facts. At the end of the day, we are exactly like all of you, normal people who just want to go home after work. It's because of stories like Kristen Richmond that we need to train. I share her story every class that I, I train. Uh, we have a, a no-quit drill day or a punch day uh, where a police officer um, gets into a controlled altercation, a, a controlled um, bad position that they must defend themselves um, and get out of. And this is one of the stories that we share at the end of that. We sit down and we talk about it. And it's because training does that. It, it saves lives. She was fighting for her life. You know, we heard in the story she fought for five minutes with this 195-pound, 5'11", collegiate male athlete who was gooned up on some drugs and knew nothing of what was going on. Couldn't feel pain. Couldn't couldn't tell what was going on through everything. But yet, she credits back to her training that gave her that ability. And that is why we are here. Because training saves lives. Training makes a difference. And training is what will help an officer get home at the end of the day. I hope that you will follow me and come on this journey with us and share stories with us about how training has, has helped you. Learn from training that has saved other officers, saved other individuals' lives, and find a way to help yourself. My 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 friend Wally that we talked about in the beginning, you know, he always wanted us to be better, be better for our families, be better for our friends, be better for yourself, be better for those that you encounter daily. So I'll leave you with this: get out there, train, and find a way to be better.